0: Okay, so this episode, we're going to be talking about ChatGPT, and here's why. Everyone has been asking us about it. So we literally had uh, some fun stories to start with. We had a client show up to a call and say, look, I had ChatGPT write this random article. What do you guys think? Or no, I think it was <laughs> emailed beforehand or something like this. Yeah, it was emailed to us. Um, uh, I had, had someone
1: reach out on LinkedIn saying, hey, I wanted to get introduced to you through a this old company that i used to work with i was like oh great nice to hear from you and then they're like what are your thoughts on chat gpt like (laughs) what (laughs) it's like that's the most random question someone ever
0: cold uh emailed me about
1: yeah (laughs)
0: um and then another one i think we anyway everyone's asking us about it oh yeah the one was there we wrote this post recently on our repositioning to an seo agency and the first comment it has nothing to do with an entire article on, like, kind of an important repositioning and all this. It was, so what do you guys think about ChatGPT? I don't know what the exact comment was, but it was more or less like <laughs> that. I was like, what is this doing here? Um, so, obviously, ChatGPT has gone viral. By the time we're recording this, they're already starting to charge people for it. From what I read, they um, were spending like a bajillion dollars a day just keeping it up or whatever, because everyone was using it for free. But for what we do, SEO and content, Marketing. Obviously, the big question is can I have ChatGPT write my content or help write the content? And I think there is a spectrum of intensity, which with people ask that. In other words, on one side of the spectrum is can I have ChatGPT just like help with some portions of it? But then there is an extreme side of the spectrum, which is well, can I just have ChatGPT do it instead of hiring someone or just like produce a ton of content cheaply. Uh, and I think you have a tweet that's sort of in that extreme
1: side. Yeah. I just came across this on someone's thread as I was scanning Twitter the other day, but I guess this person decided not to make a content marketing hire just because chat GPT can do what the content marketer. Can do instead. You want to read it out loud so, for the folks on the podcast? Sure, yeah. It just says counter argument. Today we made the decision not to hire a sixty thousand dollar content marketer because chat GPT can do it as well. That's pretty valuable in my mind. So I think largely this video is kind of arguing against that mindset that Chat GPT can fully replace a content marketing hire or even a content writer. Uh, but instead of just arguing one way or another, we thought it would just be better to kind of go through some chat GPT prompts and compare them against blog posts that we've written just to show the differences in how chat GPT writes content versus how a human does it, or specifically our own process would approach this and kind of answer the question through a series of examples.
0: Yeah, I, I think. Arguing against ChatGPT replacing an entire content marketer is one purpose. The other one also is just to more open-endedly ask the question, how much of your writing can AI writing assistance, such as ChatGPT replace? Like, what can it do? What are the limits? How much can it do? Um, and in that part, like, w- we're asking it in an open-ended way. And I think one thing that we theme that we'll say throughout is, we're not anti-AI, like, yes, I don't know if you follow us on Twitter, especially Benji. Benji has made fun of it uh, to an extent. <laughs> and, uh, and you I'll, have, I'll you know, explain why, though. I, I feel like
1: AI helps with uh, specific processes and improving specific processes. And I feel like the way that people are perceiving it and all the hype around it is trying to use it to shortcut your job and that's that's what i take issue with so again the people that are saying oh we can just use chat gpt to write our blog posts for us Mm, i don't think that's the best use case for chat gpt however i do think that there are valuable use cases like using it to help you brainstorm ideas for posts or uh, if you're stuck in your writing to generate ideas and things to help you with your own writing or um brainstorming or outlining. There are certain pieces of the writing process that I do think it'll help with, but the idea that ChatGPT can just kind of do your work for you or AI or really any tool out there that you're just gonna yeah. use a tool to, to replace the job that you're supposed to do, that's kind of what I take issue with. But again, I think it's more valuable just to kind of go through the examples and then we'll talk through it
0: as we go through them. Okay, so let's do it. I, what I wanted to say, um, as well, there is like I personally think at some point and we 'll talk about this as well at some point um, AI tools I can see how they may be extremely useful for writing eventually, but this I agree pot this podcast, this video is about chat GPT because that 's what everyone 's asking us about, and I think there are some serious limitations, so what we 're going to do is we have um, tried um, to have chat GPT help. With various kind of topics and we're gonna go through one by one starting with kind of the thing that's closest to us is something that we rank for for one of our um products uh, our course and it's frankly the hardest one and we'll go easier and easier in other words like what do i mean by easier and harder we're gonna start with having chat gpt try to help write blog posts that we think are really hard for any ai assistant to do and then move to ones that we think are easier so should, this should we explain- before we get into this, just
1: what our own content marketing process looks like for people that aren't familiar with Grow and Convert.
0: Yeah, so we specialize in SEO content, specifically ranking for high buying intent terms. We have historically called it bottom of the funnel, but buying intent is maybe a clearer phrase that we're moving towards. And that means things people Google when they're ready to buy your product. So what I have up on the screen now is the search query B2B content marketing courses where we have an article, best B2B content marketing courses are detailed analysis ranking number one. But for a lot of folks with like product companies, it would be like accounting, best accounting software, accounting software for small business, like marketing analytics tools, things where you're not, um, it's, it's opposed to top of the funnel where everyone says in marketing, like, just educate them. So instead of marketing analytics tools, it would be how to do marketing analytics or something like that. And it'd be like a top of the funnel post or like 10 tips to improve your marketing analytics or whatever. That's typical top of the funnel content marketing. We don't do that. We focus on, we start, let's say, prioritize bottom of the funnel, high buying intent terms. That means that if you're ranking for best accounting software, in our case, what I'm showing on the screen, B2B content marketing courses, you're going to need to talk about product specifically your product. You're going to need to talk about differentiators. You're going to need to explain your features, benefits, how they're different and better than competition. So that is like product copywriting. Not even is like, that is literally product copywriting. Um, And that's hard. It's hard for humans to do. (laughs) So let's click into our result, best B2B content marketing courses. So the way we structure this, and we're going to get into the writing because that's kind of what matters here. The way we structure this is um, what we do for a lot of these types of pieces, which we outline for the reader, what characteristics should they look for in a good version of this product that they Googled for? So the first sentence starts with, in our experience, if you're searching for a B2B content marketing course, there are three key questions you should be asking. And just to paraphrase the three questions, number one. Is there ample evidence that shows the course creators have direct experience doing B2B content marketing? Two, is the course introductory or does it teach advanced strategy and systems? Three, is the course static and hands off, AKA like a bunch of videos you watch, or is it interactive where you can interact with the instructions, get feedback on stuff, et cetera? And obviously, our course fulfills those things. We have tons of B2B content marketing experience. We literally run an agency as our full time uh thing and then number 2 it's not introductory it's basic number 3 you get interaction with us so we we set that up in that way just to cut to the chase like this is extremely hard for ai to just come up with there's just no way i mean these are our specific criteria characteristics of our course and how we differentiate so You can't just type in, so then let's go to the ChatGPT window. You can't type in, and I don't even have this. Do I even have this? Yeah. Um, Yeah, we actually had this as an example. So I've already typed this in. If you try to just have ChatGPT or any AI system be like, write a blog post on why our course, our content marketing course is better. I mean, it, it it doesn't know this. That's not, and what we've had people that know a lot about AI tell us is, Guys, it's not a fact generator, it's a language generator. And so you've seen like a bunch of stuff, maybe on Twitter of people like mathematicians being like, I asked it <laughs> to prove this theorem and it sounds really good, but it's actually totally wrong. <laughs> um, so let's read this out. So I the first prompt, the thing that's not gonna work. So don't expect this. If this is what you want from AI writing assistants, like good luck, write a thousand word blog post on why the grow and convert content marketing course is different and better than others. Here, I'm going to read parts of the ChatGPT response. It says, when it comes to B2B content marketing, it can be challenging to find a course that truly stands out and provides the knowledge and skills needed to drive leads and sales. Pause. That sentence, very well written. Also, very generic. And that's going to be the theme, right? It, it is, from what I understand, so please, anyone who's an AI expert, like, don't get mad at me in the comments uh, if I, this is not totally right. The way these things work, these GPT-based tools, these AI writing assistants, is it starts to put together words, and uh, it's guessing what is the most likely next word or next character. I've actually been told, based on everything it's written so far. So, and and how does it guess that? It's been trained. It's been fed a bunch of information, or some of them say like it's indexed ten percent of the web or whatever. And so by definition, what I take from that explanation that's been given to me is that by definition, it's kind of giving you a statistical average of what people say already on this topic. And by definition, that's not going to be that original. So that sentence sounds great, but it also sounds like a very kind of like generic marketing copy, in my opinion. When it comes to B2B content marketing, it can be challenging to find a course that truly stands out. And provides the knowledge and skills needed to drive leads and sales. like to give it credit, drive leads and sales is actually spot on what we promote it's It's just
1: the generic marketing copy that you see kind of a low level writer right so yeah. it, it's just the kind of generic statements that if you were to go on the search results and search for any query there's there's definitely a couple of the blog posts that are probably ranking that, that open up with some generic statement. Like Yeah, marketing is so hard these days yeah, and, <laughs> and that's kind of the, the flavor that you get from the chat GPT writing. It's just, it's really broad. Uh, I won't go into all the other things yet. Cause I think we need to get more into the details here. Yeah.
0: So then let's look at the argument. So the second sentence, it says, however, the grown convert marketing marketing course is different for blah, blah, blah. Right now, what are the reasons first? The course is specifically designed for B2B businesses, which means it addresses the unique challenge and opportunities that come with creating and distributing content in a B2B context. Again, the sentence is so like marketing jargony or whatever, we would never write that. So there's a tone thing, but from what I understand, like you can ask it, like change the tone, be more friendly, be more direct. But like argumentation wise, the course is specifically designed for B2B businesses. It's getting there. It's not the same as saying, is there, what we wrote, is there ample evidence that shows the course creators have direct experience doing B2B content marketing? Or is the course all theory? Like you see the the difference in specificity already. Second, ChatGPT writes, the course is led by experienced B2B marketers who have a deep understanding of the field and a track record of success. This is actually pretty close to what we, our first argument. So you probably don't even need their first argument at all. Like, that's what we're trying to say. Third, the course is focused on measurable results. Rather than just teaching the basics of content creation and distribution, it provides participants with a detailed understanding of how to use data and analytics to measure the success of their content marketing efforts. Sounds pretty good. Like, we could possibly do a point like that, but my the main point of what I'm trying to highlight here stands, which is it's not really one of the things we wanted to say. And, and there's a reason, because... Many other B2B content marketing courses claim that they're based on measurable results. All the courses claim they're gonna get you results. So I don't really wanna highlight that as a thing because we just sound like everyone else. And that's the point. So like we had to come up with unique things. It says fourth, it's updated regularly to include the latest trends and best practices. Nope, it's it's not. We don't do that. We don't promote that. It's an evergreen thing. Fifth, the course includes a wide range of topics and strategies that are critical for driving leads and sales. That whole fifth point just seems like kind of a way to say everything you said before in a different way. Like we already talked about it, driving leads and sales. That's not a unique thing. That's just kind of the generic part.
1: So yeah. W- one downside that I see with it is that it often repeats the same thing in different ways. Different ways. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and so it just, the, the arguments are repetitive. Another challenge is the arguments aren't ever backed up with evidence or detail. So there are these kind of just broad claims and there's nothing to back up the claims. So oftentimes in good writing, you have someone make a claim and then there's either some evidence data point story, something that backs up that claim in this case, it just can't do that. So I, I think that would be a weakness if you're trying to use it to fully do a, a blog post.
0: Yeah. For folks listening on the podcast, I'm pulling up, a uh a post you can Google detail principle and we have the first thing is a, a post we wrote um, back in the day called the "detail principle of writing Good blog posts, And it, it highlights exactly what Benji just said, which is it, most blog posts are full of claims. This is how you should do this. This is how you should do that. But the good blog posts back them up and it can be backed up in a variety of ways. Explain. And I say like explaining why, showing how, providing data, showing it's contrarian, but that, To do that at a good high level, especially with an advanced audience, like if you're doing B2B content, so in other words, meaning your customer is not a beginner, B2B businesses are selling to someone whose job it is to do this thing that your software or service is going to help with, right? And so it's not trivial. Like someone buying a B2B content marketing course is doing B2B marketing. They're not just a total beginner. And so you need to be able to like write at a level that shows you know more than them or can teach them something. Otherwise, it's not compelling. And and de- and writing with detail is important. It's funny, this is going from talking about ChatGPT to just teaching people uh, good blog post writing, which is important because that's kind of where it, it, it struggles. It,
1: it, it is, but I feel like that's why people have some of these misconceptions. If they don't understand what good writing is, then you see this and on the surface level, it looks really good. Like again, yeah. the English is good. I mean, it has clean sentence structure, all that kind of stuff. But in terms of convincing someone yeah. that you have the expertise on this subject or they should buy something or that they should follow you for some reason, that's where this is really going to fall short.
0: Yeah. And so this is going to be a theme throughout. So if we just zoom out on this whole thing, we asked it just to write a thousand word blog post. We didn't give it that much detail in the prompt. And so if... You know, in terms of like, I was gonna say,
1: I kind of want to play devil's advocate here because everyone who uses these AI products says this is what you shouldn't do. You shouldn't just ask it to write a thousand-word
0: blog post. Maybe it's better just to fill in certain sections. Right. So that's what everyone says. Like, David, you can't even. This is ridiculous. Like, how would it even know what arguments to make? So, but first, for a second, like, if you're asking, if, if the content you're trying to write is this generic and you don't mind, and we're gonna talk about some b2c queries later that's in that but like there are people that do that they have like affiliate blogs they're just trying to get page views they're writing on beginner level stuff and you just need something like if you just need to fill space this is actually pretty good for filling space (laughs) outside of the sentences like the arguments like kind of sort of make sense right like it focuses on measurable results so if you need to just fill space or like write like beginner level content ChatGPT and AI writing assistants could probably help you. But now, yeah, where, but, where I would say what it does replace is
1: the people that are outsourcing blog posts to other countries for $50. Yeah. Like those, those kind yeah. of people who their process is just to kind of look up some search term, read some of the blog posts and rehash what's already written. Yeah, this this kind of does the exact same yeah. thing and probably better than a lot of those people. And so sure. I can't see where people would argue that there's an improvement using ChatGPT if that's your existing content creation process, because that is it. ChatGPT scans the web and then it basically takes all the arguments and it rewrites them. So if that's your process, this tool can probably do it better than someone overseas who maybe English isn't the first language.
0: Yeah. It doesn't have to be overseas. It could be people in the U.S. or wherever that sure. their process is to just regurgitate what they see on a topic at a really basic level. Like, yeah, I guess that's my point. Is like a lot of these arguments is like, well, sell a B2B marketing course. Okay, well, first, the course is specifically designed for B2B businesses. Like literally anyone would write that. That's It's just <laughs> like so obvious, right? It's led by experienced people, although I guess we make that argument. <laughs> so let's... Let's, let's then do what people have advised us, which is they say like, guys, you can't ask it to just come up with this. So you have to ask it to help you in certain sections. Okay. So our three arguments that we want to make is, do they have direct, do they have evidence of direct experience doing B2B? Is it not introductory? And is it interactive, not static? So I took one of them and I gave a much more detailed prompt on one of them. Write a couple paragraphs I wrote on how most B2B content marketing courses are really low level and introductory and B2B content marketers don't, B2B marketers don't need that. It's just for beginners. What B2B marketers need is a course that helps them understand how to use content to drive leads and sales. Okay. Um, by the way, I think this is how in that other thousand word question, it knew to talk about leads and sales because I think when you start a chat, it already is learning based on your previous queries so by the time I asked it I actually asked it to write a thousand word blog post later it already knew the kind of leads and sales angle but anyway okay so it responds most b2b content marketing courses tend to be low level and introductory in nature great focusing on the basics of content creation and distribution that's not really what we want to say about introductory but so be it While this information can be useful for beginners, it may not be as valuable for more experienced B2B marketers who are looking to take their content marketing efforts to the next level. This sentence, I think, is the other characteristic I've noticed of trying to get ChatGPT to help my blog post writing. It's saying this thing, and you could be like, Davis, look, it's saying what you want. Like, yeah, because I kind of wrote that already. So it's doing this thing of like rewriting and helping turn like, partial thoughts or whatever into something that's like fully written, maybe written in different words, maybe written in more words. And I want to pause to say that could be a totally valid way to use ChatGPT. Like if you know the arguments you're trying to make, you're in the midst of writing a post or whatever, and you're just kind of stuck. And that happens to all of us where you're like, ah, like I'm just like grappling with this wording and terminology. That language help could... Oh, like you just have ChatGPT open in a tab for forty. What is it? Forty two dollars a month now, not free. (laughs) And then you say, like, "Hey, like, here's what I've written so far. Can you rephrase this, or can you turn this bullets into that?" And maybe even if you don't use its exact language, maybe it just unstucks you. You know, it like gives you some ideas. Um, But this, the last part of the sentence, it does start putting in this jargon that I just hate. I hate it in human writing, and I hate it in in this writing. Is like. You know, it's it's not as valuable for experienced B2B marketers who are looking to take their content marketing efforts to the next level. Like, that's like cliche marketing it's just so generic. Yeah, It's just we so generic. We would never say Anyone that. Anyone would say that. Right. Take it to the next level. Like, it's, it's not. And then it continues. What B2B marketers really need is a course that goes beyond the basics and helps them understand how to use content to drive leads and sales. Again, this is what I'm saying. I fed it that. It said it in a longer sentence. That's fine. This type of course should cover topics such as Interesting. Okay. What was I going to say? Creating content that aligns with the buyer's journey. Okay. Using data and analytics to measure the success of content marketing efforts and developing a content marketing strategy that is closely tied to overall business goals. First of all, that last one is like, I mean, I'd hope it's tied to business goals.
1: It's like, right. Like I told you, do content marketing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you know, yeah, that one's also kind of like generic. Like I'm talking about like driving leads and sales. So like, Again, it's like language help. So it gave you a sentence with a list of three things. You can change the three things, but that's kind of where I've gotten stuck trying to honestly use ChatGPT. And just by the way, for folks listening, I haven't only used ChatGPT just to rip on it. Like I, I have tried and I will get to an actual example of trying to actually have it help. And this is where I get stuck where I'm like, it's close. But I want to kind of, that's not really what I would say. Let me change that. That's not really what I would say. Let me change that. And then I ended up just changing like most of it. And I'm just like, well, what did it really send me this? Save me time. Um, So, and then by the way, it should say, and then the last paragraph is a total throwaway for us. In addition to the need for more advanced content marketing, B two B content marketing courses. It's also important to note the B two B marketer should always be looking for ways to stay up to date with the latest trends and best practices in the field. This can be achieved through ongoing education, attending industry events. Like what? Like I don't yeah, know. What we, would never, to do that, we would
1: never. We would never say that, and it has nothing to do with this.
0: So, so what it told us is like it kind of just in a lot of language said what we gave it. Like most courses are low level and introductory. B2B marketers need something more advanced than that. And then it listed a few things, which is not really what we would say. Let's contrast that now with what we did right for this introductory section, okay? We wrote in our post, many free B2B content marketing courses, parentheses, such as HubSpot's discussed below or ones like Udemy and Coursera are painfully low level, colon, how to set up a blog, telling you to blog regularly, teaching basic on-page SEO, like putting keywords in your title, et cetera. That's just for beginners. I won't read the rest, you can pause the video and read it, but just look at how different that is in terms of specificity. Many free b me content marketing courses, such as HubSpot's, Discussed Below, or ones like Udemy and Coursera, Like when you read just that opening of the first sentence, there's just a different feeling as the reader. This feels like the person actually knows what they're talking about. That they've done it, they've looked at it, that they're in the field. Because otherwise, how would they know to name those three things? So if you want writing that specific, and then then look at the list, our painfully low level, colon. And then there's a list, how to set up a blog, telling you to blog regularly, teaching basic on-page SEO, like putting a keyword in your title. If you have taken some of these courses or looked at them and you've seen that and you resonate with that and you think, I don't need a course telling me to set up my WordPress. I don't need a course telling me to like blog regularly. Like if if you feel that pain and then you read that, you're like, yes, these people get me. That's good marketing writing. That's good bottom of the funnel writing. It's gonna be, in my experience, it is really, really hard, if not impossible, to get ChatGP to do that. It would have to like guess the right things. I just think those are. that's a better list of, Painfully low-level things, then I don't know, like the opposite of what it said. It should cover this. It should cover that. Um,
1: Yeah, I would just say in order to create the good content, you have to do the work. You have to like to produce that post. We went into a lot of different uh, content marketing courses. We went through them so that we know how to distinguish the difference between our course and others. And so if you're just using chat GPT to try to make your arguments for you or even to write for you, you're going to miss a lot of that important detail and it's not going to be able to convince someone um, that your course is better or whatever you're trying to sell is
0: better than alternative options. Yeah. So then, and and all of this discussion has, and we're going to move on to another example, but all of this induction has, discussion has been about like the intro of this post where we're setting up the pain points and it's this hard to get it to be as, at the level that we would want and that we do write, that we have written. So imagine then the rest of the post. So in our actual article, we then we set up those three things saying like, make sure you look for a course that has B2B experience behind it, is advanced, not introductory, and is interactive, not static. Then we say, let's discuss five courses in that framework of those three things. And we start with our own. And there's this like in-depth discussion where we're talking about our modules, our direct experience, how it's interactive, like the advanced things we talk about that's not just introductory. Like I struggle trying to understand how I would get AI writing assistants or ChatGPT to write something like this. And your product equivalent of this, if you're like, well, I don't have a course, that's fine. But if you're selling your marketing analytics software, your business operations, HR software, your accounting software, you're going to need to... Yeah, you're going to need to, if you're ranking for these buying intent keywords like accounting software, HR software, whatever, what they're looking for, what's on the SERP now is just lists and discussions contrasting the different tools. So what you need to write if you want to rank for that and definitely if you want to convert from that is a detailed discussion that features your tool, which means you're going to have to do the same thing we're doing here for our content marketing course, but for your SaaS product. You're gonna need to get into the features and benefits. You're gonna need to know the nuances of exactly how you differentiate. Maybe all the tools, including you, have X feature, like a dashboard in your marketing analytics tool, but your dashboard is better. Why? Because of these nuances. I struggle with my experience for using ChatGPT so far, figuring out how it can help me write that without me doing the vast majority of the writing myself and then it sort of says it in longer or different words. Which if that's what you're using it for, like that's fine. If that if you feel like that saves you time. So this I is feel the like our,
1: our example I think is difficult though. And and a lot of people say they would struggle to write blog posts like grow and convert does anyway. So I'm curious, just can we move to a, a client example? Maybe yeah. something like well, So then moving to a little a, bit more top of funnel. Not yeah, even top move. of funnel. Yeah.
0: Sure. Yeah, we'll move to an easier one. Daily stand up meetings. That's the search query that we're talking about here. So let's Google it daily stand-up meetings. Um, Our client is Geekbot, which is the number two result. Um, And what Geekbot is, is a tool, a Slack bot to let you run stand-ups in a Slack bot. A stand-up meeting is this meeting started from like what Agile or Scrum development, but these development teams, in order to keep in touch with what everyone is doing, um, and they ask three key questions. what did you do yesterday? What are you working on today? are there any blockers? And people go around the room and answer those questions and you don't discuss any of that at length. You just kind of like get that, I don't know, like touch base with everyone on your team so that then later you can like dive in and be like, oh, you know, Benji, you said you had this blocker and whatever. Um, But this query is not Slack standup bot or this product related query where you need to explain Geekbot's features. It's just daily standup meeting, meaning people are just trying to like get a sense of like what it is. Okay. The number one result is Atlassian and then we're number two. So, let me just click into the Atlassian one first to get a sense of what they wrote. And a key thing is like the first section is what is a standup in Scrum. And they have a longer version of kind of what I quickly described verbally just now and they mentioned the three questions, etc. So, this not being a query where you need to sell a particular product, let's see what ChatGPT does. So the first thing I did was I just wrote the same thing, write a thousand word blog post aimed at ranking for daily standup meetings. So I know people that are like very into AI would say, again, that's too broad of a question. So be it. But let's see what it writes. Daily standup meetings are a critical component of many agile development teams. And for good reason, These short daily check-ins help team members keep, keep team members aligned and on track and can help identify potential roadblocks before they become major issues. Decent, like initial explanation of them. At their core, daily standup meetings are designed to be quick and efficient. True. They typically last no more than 15 minutes and team members are encouraged to keep their updates brief and to the point. True. Starting to get a little bit repetitive. That's okay. We can edit that. The focus is on what each team member accomplished the day before, what they plan to work on today, and any blockers or issues that need to be addressed. You'd probably, this has the key points, but it's kind of said wrong. Like, it's not the focus is on that 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 literally is the three question template that stand up meetings are supposed to be based on, so you would need to kind of rephrase that the way Atlassian does and mention those three things and then it continues like with benefits, one key benefit is they help keep everyone on the same page again, it's starting to do that thing where like all of That's it sounds better. good and it's technically correct, but it's kind of obvious, right, and so like to really stand out, you need to go beyond saying. The stand-up meeting is for keeping everyone on the same page. Like that's like ticket to entry basic information. Like, of course, right? Um, And it kind of elaborates on that. And then it gets into some some downsides, whatever. What I wanted to contrast this with is even with this quote-unquote bad prompt I gave it. I didn't give it any information of what I wanted to talk about. I didn't do X, Y, Z. That's fine. It's still like significantly more usable in my opinion than what we were trying to do in the other one because this isn't about like sell the details of what makes geekbot a better slack standup bot than everyone else it's not about that that's really hard and this is more just like talk about daily standup meetings so this process of like index the web figure out what everyone else is saying and then say it again in like a really nice way in good language works better when the query yeah. is something like what daily stand-up meeting, what daily stand meeting writing that into Google is almost the equivalent of writing what is a daily yeah. stand-up
1: meeting. I was just gonna say there's less variability in the answers. So it, it's like a definitional mm. term. If you're to search for daily stand-up meeting, you're yeah, what is a daily stand-up meeting? All of the results on that topic are gonna be very similar in nature. Yeah. Therefore, what what this is uh, giving back to us is is pretty spot on.
0: Yeah, so I could see how this would be one of those things people say of like, oh, I used AI and, you know, like it saved me a bunch of time and I only had to edit 30% or something like that. But now, again, let's go back to the second theme. But if you want to have really good writing, really good writing that could convert when someone Googles something that's related to your product or service, let's look at the equivalent. So let's look at what we wrote. So our post for GeekBot starts off like this. Our engineering team has been running standups every day since 2009. From our own experience and through our talks with some of Geekbot's 170,000 users, we noticed a set of frequent and repeating questions that many teams have about daily standup meetings. So we decided to create a comprehensive post that consolidates many important questions we've received about daily standups over the years. Like, just how does that make you feel about, and how does that, that make you trust? and be interested to read more versus a post for the same query that starts off, daily standup meetings are a critical component of many agile development teams and for good reason, these short daily check-ins help keep team members aligned and on track and can help identify potential roadblocks before they become major issues. To me, it's night and day. Yeah, it sounds like someone speaking
1: from experience versus again, that typical marketing writer who doesn't know anything about the topic who has now read a bunch of blog posts and make some really generic statement to start it off, like agile yeah. developments are really important to the scrum process, something like that. That's how you can, you can immediately tell when someone who doesn't have experiences writing on a topic because they just make some generic statement like that instead no. of here, giving some detailed story or weaving in, uh, how, how this is important to the business use case.
0: Yeah. And that, exactly, like anyone could write what ChatGPT wrote because it's just sort of starting to define daily standups. Not anyone can write what we wrote for Geekbot. This adds credibility to the source. Our engineering team has been running standups every day since 2009. Are you kidding? I'm like, great, I want to hear from you. And we've gotten a bunch of questions through our 170,000 users. What? And we've consolidated them to the 10 most. Like, that's. Producing this, going back to the tweet you showed at the beginning, producing this, how are you going to do that without a human, (laughs) right? Like, even if you were to use ChatGPT or an AI assistant to help, you're still going to need someone to think of saying this. Like, you're still going to need to consolidate to these 10 questions. It's not going to give you 10 questions to discuss that's exactly aligned with this, Right. Um, so that heavy lifting to make content stand out, that's still hard. It's hard for humans. A lot of content marketers you hire are not going to do that. They're just going to produce what ChatGPT does. And so if you do that, then so be it. So now let's move one step further to a B to B2C. We have two B2C examples. Okay. So what we've covered so far is like, if you're selling the details of your product, good luck. If you're doing a more informational query, that's on kind of the theme of your product, it can do better. And that is B2B, right? So, daily stand up meeting is a B2B query. Now, let's move to something where it's B2C. What's the difference? Often in these B2C things, consumers are not Googling something about a topic where they have a job in it. Like, so what we're gonna be talking about is heat pumps. Heat pumps are like ACs, air conditioners that run backwards and forwards. So, it also heats and air conditions. Like, when you buy an air conditioner or a heat pump or a furnace, like, That's not your job. Like you don't really care about the details of everything about how they work. You just want like the basics. You know how much does it cost? You know what are the options? What's the best one? How long does it last? Or whatever, right? Yeah. And so that's why in B two B
1: expertise matters a lot. You're 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 often selling expertise. You're selling a point of view. You're selling an opinion on something. Some and and it's also true for some B two C products as well. But if you're selling a a commodity B two C product, oftentimes that expertise and opinion is not as important
0: yeah and what we have said before in talking about writing is ask the question um how much yeah how how much of expertise does my reader have in this whether it's b2b or b2c sometimes there's B2B things where it doesn't really matter right like yeah. if you're selling i don't know we, we've actually talked about that a short aside we've talked about that um in terms of companies using ai driven or ai powered to like on products where the the customer doesn't care it'll be like i don't know like let's say um but let's say like a lead generation or or email marketing or something crm
1: powered by ai or something like that yeah and you're like wait okay like why why do i care about that i I just (laughs) need something that i can like put my lead records in
0: Yeah. Or they're asking like, oh, my sales reps are not using the current CRM. So I need to be easier for them to use or quicker for them to use. And you're like, it's powered by AI. And we've always said that's in those contexts, that's a feature. It's not the benefit. Like what's the benefit? Right. Um, And that's like classic marketing thing. So that's the question to really be asking. So if we go to a query like this and a topic like this on heat pumps, Um, I will
1: say for this one, there, there is some expertise required. I will, I I do agree that the person buying this product is likely not an expert on this. And so you you're like, if you're conveying decently good information, you're still probably at a higher knowledge level than the customer who doesn't know anything about heating pumps. Like for me, I would, I would read this and I I don't even know what a heating pump is.
0: Yeah. So the, the query that I actually honestly tried to get it to help with, and by the way, this is uh, this is the example where I am i didn't just bring it up or create it to, to have this discussion. I tried to actually use it. So I have this random side project I barely ever work on uh, uh, about like some environmental things, including heat pumps, and I'm trying to rank for some heat pump terms. So one term is heat pump prices. Very obvious, right? Like people trying to buy it, they want to know how much they cost or they're just looking into it. So if we just scan through what's ranking now, we get a sense of why we're we're saying this is easier for Chat GPT. Number one, this old house, how much does the heat pump cost? It lists so the the, the Google snippet that I'm it's showing in, in Google says average heat pump cost by type, air source, $2,500, 5, to dollars geothermal, blah, 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 blah. And it gives price ranges. Angie's list, number two. The average heat pump costs five thousand eight hundred ninety-five, but you might pay anywhere between four thousand this and seventy six hundred, blah, 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 blah. Bob Villa. Typical air source heat pump runs an average between 4,000 and 8,000. They all are doing the same thing. So again, when you see this, you're like, oh, like, can chat GPT do this? (laughs) And it does it decently well. Because again, it's it's job or what these things do is um, consolidate the web and kind of say what everyone else is saying. So I asked a very simple question. Now I'm doing a part of what I'm writing. I asked a specific part. How much do mini split? It's just a particular type of heat pump. You don't need to worry about it. Heat pumps cost. And it says, the cost of a mini-split heat pump can vary significantly depending on a number of factors. Great. That's true. Including size of the unit. Yep. The indoor, the number of indoor units needed. Yep. And the location and difficulty of the insulation. True. I didn't think about that. So that's actually kind of clever. On average, you can expect to pay between 1500 and 4000 for a single-zone mini-split heat pump. Great. And between 3000 and 9000 for a multi-zone system. This is exactly what the other things on page one are doing. Now, it also has some cruft that you need to kind of like, you know, deal with. So it has a second sentence about like or paragraph about it's important to shop around and get quotes from multiple contractors to find the best price for a mini split heat pump. Keep in mind, the initial cost may be more expensive than the traditional heating system, but it can save you money over the long term. All that's true. And you could keep it once. Later, when I asked it to do a similar paragraph of how much do ducted air source heat pumps cost a different type, don't worry about it. It kind of gave the same exact same kind of format and writing, but just with different numbers. And that last paragraph was identical. So you'd have to kind of like cut that. But that's like manageable. That's kind of what I would expect if I'm using an AI writing assistant. So I believe in the post that I have drafted for this, I did use a decent component of this. I forget which one, but I think I talked about some faction of this. So I was like, okay, there's some utility here. Like, I don't care what the actual numbers it gave me are. Expect to pay between 1500 and 4000 I can edit that. You know, and that's what everyone's saying. But this is actually pretty useful. So, like, we're already seeing from the B two B content marketing courses to daily stand up meetings to now this, you're getting more and more utility, and you're seeing what we've been told. And we should actually give a shout out to Stacy Moore, I believe, StacyMoore.com. She's in our course and she's taught us a bunch, and we've had long conversations and emails with her about about using. AI writing assistants, including but not limited to ChatGPT, which by the way, she says Chat GPT isn't made to be just like a chat bot that's like helping you like answer questions. It's not like a writing assistant like other ones are. Um, but she's always said, stop asking it to just write a blog post with no information. Like that's not what it's for. You should be asking it to um give give like specific parts and help you and break it down component by component. So I did that, you know? And I'm asking how much do mini heat pumps cost? And it's giving me something kind of useful. But now we're going back to our other theme. That's fine if you want to just produce content like others. But what about if you want content to stand out? Then what do you do? Okay. I have no chance with a blog that I just bought the domain from like domain authority zero of ranking for these on top of bobvilla.com, Angie's list, Angie.com. I just don't have a shot at that modernize.com, just producing the same thing that they did. They're ranking because they have massive domain authority in the appliance and home improvement space. And Google knows that. And I just bought a new domain. So I need to think of something far more clever. And what I'm working on for this exact thing, like I'm actually working on it, is I thought, you know what? It actually kind of sucks for the reader to just be given a bunch of ranges by all of the first place results because there's actually a big difference between 2000 at the bottom and 30,000 at the top. And I'm literally clicking on the first results showing me one range starting at 2000 and one range starting at 30,000. Like 2000 versus 30,000? Like, where the hell am I going to fall into that? And I was, and I've just been researching this so I know, well, There's actually like a lot more factors or kind of axes in which price differs. The size is a big one. Anyone who's bought an AC or their house or the AC has gone out, it's like a huge price difference. If you have like a thousand square foot house versus a 5,000 square foot house, like that is a massive difference in the size of air conditioner and therefore the cost. And so that's one factor. So what if someone found actual heat pump prices that they documented with a link to where you can buy it? The price and then said here are all of them as a function of size so one to two ton two to three ton four to five ton what if you graphed it so that anyone a reader could look and be like i can find where i am on the x-axis oh we need a and then what if you tied it to square footage oh we have a this square foot house so we're going to need a three ton which means it's going to cost seven thousand dollars or whatever it is and then what if you did that by efficiency rating which also affects price And what if you did it by type of heat pump? So I'm like, okay, I can create this like little spreadsheet mini database thing. I can create graphs. I can have actual links to actual heat pumps. Maybe over time, I can do this every six months and be like, we're seeing a trend in heat pump prices increasing or dropping. Like that is content marketing.
1: Yeah. Well, I would just say that's what it's going to take to outrank people. You can't just create a page and put up the same information as everyone else and think that just by doing that, you're gonna go to the top of Google. Every single piece that we produce, that's the lens that we look at it through is we look at everything that's ranking and try to determine what information is missing from the search results. How could we be different? How could we make the information more accessible or better? And I feel like that, str- that strategy that goes into this is just, it's a level above anything that you're gonna get from any tool. And so you have to have that strategy component. The writing has to be good, but also the information in the writing has to be good.
0: Yeah. And if you go back to your tweet, I mean, you don't have to go back to it, but that guy who said, you know, I'm not going to hire a 60,000 content marketer. I don't know if he just meant like writer, but the way you should be thinking about it if you're this far into the video is like, it was writer,
1: but, but that's, that's also a problem in its, in and of itself is because people are thinking content marketing is just writing. So this is actually often a a problem that we see with first time founders trying to do content marketing or just companies that haven't really invested in content marketing before is the first challenge that they're always trying to solve for is I have all these ideas and I just need someone to write it. Maybe I'm not a good writer. And so they initially think content marketing is just writing. I just need someone to solve this problem for me. And even if you get someone to do the writing. There's so much more that goes into this. Like, you you need to get, you need to pick the right keywords. You need to focus on the right topics. You the structure of the writing has to be good. It has to be optimized for the keyword that you're trying to go after. You have to promote the content. You have to be able to measure if it's actually doing anything for you. It's like this is so much more than just the writing component. And so if you're thinking about Oh, I'm just gonna outsource. Like, I'm just gonna use ChatGPT to replace the content marketing level higher. I, I just think it's the wrong way to even think about this role.
0: Yeah, I mean, a, another component that you kind of touched on briefly that's like huge and huge in our client work and our process and what we talk about right now is SERP analysis. That when you go to any of these queries, you look at like this one's a little bit easy because everyone's saying the same thing on heat pump prices. But if we go back to some of our earlier ones of daily stand-up meeting, B2B content marketing courses. What we, a key part of ranking is Google ascertaining that your page or your article fulfills the searcher's intent. How do you figure out what the searcher's intent is? First step, obviously, is just basic logic. Like you need to know something about daily stand-up meetings and just be like, okay, what are they looking for? They're probably looking to figure out what it is, blah, blah, blah. But also Google tells you what it thinks the search intent is by what it's already ranking. So you got to go in and look at these pieces and be like, what are they saying? Okay, they're all giving you examples, for example, or they're all giving a list of tools. And there are sometimes where there's queries like this daily standup meeting where there's no modifier for software or tools, but you actually look at what's ranking and all of them mention tools. You're like, oh, it's just implied. So if I don't mention tools, there's a good chance Google's not going to feel like I'm I'm fulfilling search intent. And that's not to say you have to imitate every other piece, right? But And this is a whole nother topic and I think we've already done a video or we, we will do more on search uh, thing. But the point is this is non-trivial and it takes time and you gotta be able to do that. So back to my heat pump example, if I were to finish that work, create that database, have that data, and while I'm writing the written post around that analysis, If I get stuck somewhere, if I have some bullet points and I say, hey, like, you know, heat pumps as a function of efficiency rating are like this, can you write a paragraph that hits these points? Great. And if ChatGPT produces something useful for you there, great. But like the heavy lifting was something that you had to do. So then let's move to our last and easiest example, which is running tips. So I thought, okay, let me try to think of an example that where the blog posts are so generic or so repetitive that like an AI assistant like ChatGPT should be very close, like need minimal, minimal editing. And I, this just came to mind, right? Like take something that any person can do running, right? Or like many, let's say many people can think about, and then a query about it that's not specific at all. So running tips and you know, I'm showing my screen, Google is giving all these suggestions for getting even more specific running tips for beginners, running tips for long distance, running tips, for breathing. If you had some kind of running blog affiliate, or for whatever reason, you're producing a bunch of posts like this, I think AI writing assistants like ChatGPT could actually probably help if you're not differentiating. Because look at this, the first results from A6. It's like six tips to keep your running healthy and strong. Next one, runners work, 14 tips, Adidas, eight jogging tips, outside magazine, the best running tips of all time. And if you look at the tips, they all have the kind of stuff that you would just guess, right? Like you can pause and just guess what would you say about running tips? Stretch, wear good shoes, hydrate, increase slowly. And so like ASICS has that, increase your mileage gradually, improve your cadence, wear good shoes. Think prehab, not rehab, eat well, invest in rest days. And so they're all, if you just click into them, they all kind of say the same thing, right? Over and over again. So when I asked ChatGPT a very simple question on this, write a thousand word blog post aimed for the search term running tips that gives readers 10 tips for running. You could just drop this in and do some light editing. And I think this, if you're producing this and a lot of people are, then yeah, This can help, but it's just night and day compared to those more specific B2B buying intent queries. So ChatGPT writes, it's running tips. Start slow, wear the right shoes, warm up, set a goal, stay hydrated, cross-train, listen to your body, vary your routine, join a running group, and have fun. Great! (laughs) And each one, it has like a couple sentences that I'm not going to (laughs) read, but you can pause the video and read it. Like. These posts I'm opening like outside lands it's or outside magazine. Why do I keep saying outside lands? Isn't that like a, I'm trying to go to a festival or something. Yeah. It's not a festival. <laughs> uh, it's like strengthen your body. And it has a little quote from one of their um, previous articles on it. But if I open up a six, the number one result, six tips, increase your mileage gradually. Like we don't even have to read what's inside that all of us can kind of guess what it says. Like, you know, if you go too fast, you're going to get hurt, blah, blah, blah. And then so it does do some sp- – actually, you know, I take that back. It has some specifics here that is beyond what ChatGPT did that actually – I do like the week
1: one, like, week two, week three.
0: Yeah. So A six is actually giving like the common rule of thumb increases mileage by 10% every week, but that does not provide the body, blah, blah, blah. blah. And then it goes instead of increasing by 10%, try this four-week cycle for safely increasing your mileage. Week one. Increase by 10 to 20%. Weeks two and three, maintain and add in two speed workouts. Week four, reduce by this. This is kind of, you know, this is actually really equivalent to what we were looking at in our B2B blog post. The difference between ChatGPT being like, most courses are beginner, which is what I just fed it in the prompt. Versus us saying, they cover how to set up a blog, telling you to blog regularly. Like, it's these things that make it shine. And I actually should apologize to ASICs for saying it wrote generic stuff. Because it yeah. even has something more specific. So like, but largely this is at a much better starting point of being useful than the examples at the beginning. And well, you would I, f- then- I feel
1: like because a lot of those queries, again, if we just think about how those articles were produced, I'm sure ASICs or some of these companies were the first ones to write posts on this. And then everyone kind of just copied the same tips and rehashed yeah. them in their own words. And so yeah. That's essentially what ChatGPT is looking at. It's scanning all the search results, looking for the commonalities, and then it's rehashing back the the most common tips. And so these are all variants of things that you would see in the search results. So again, you're just going to be left with things that are common to everyone else. There's there's really not going to be any tips in here that stand out or different or make your brand look unique or like you're actually educating someone on the topic.
0: Yeah, I think I think those are good takeaways like the the more beginner your query the more likely AI writing can help. Be prepared for it like to give you the ideas that everyone's already saying on that topic because that's kind of how they're built. Um and if you need to add a unique and original ideas, you need to give it that. And and that's kind of where I have run into issues with it because to me it's like it go every layer. That's I still have that same issue. So you could be like, well, Davish, you know, you give it some unique idea. Like you say, you you give it your week one through four running tip. You know, increase mileage plan, and then ChatGPT can write it. And I'm like, well, okay, but what is it going to say about it? And then if I have something specific I want to say about it, well, then do I have to help it with that too? And at that point, am I not not just writing it? Like that's the that's the hurdle I just haven't been able to get past. It's like. If we acknowledge and we say, Davis, you need to acknowledge that it's going to give you this kind of, like, generic stuff unless you give it the specifics. Okay. Then I give it the specifics. But the nuance of how you talk about the specifics also needs to be done properly. And if it's going to give me generic copy around my specific ideas and I got to edit that, then what am I doing? <laughs> that I just I haven't been able to get over that. But, like, you know, your mileage may vary. And just know that like the more okay you are and and the more your writing is supposed to be kind of just like beginner tips that most people have already said and is not like specific or original, the more likely AI writing assistants can help you with less editing. And the more you need to write really in-depth, specific, original, original things, whether it be about features of your product, how you differentiate or just Adding original ideas or specific ideas to a non-product query like daily stand-up tips, don't expect it to do that because that's not really what it does.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I I mean, my thoughts on it, I'm I'm definitely pro-AI long-term. I do think that this technology will continue to get better. I think the expectations of what it should do fall short of where the technology is right now. Some things that we're looking at, again, we're not just doing this video to rail on AI. I think we're doing it with an interest of how, how can we use it and how can it potentially fit into our business? And I think from what we've seen so far, I don't know if it has a place for us right now, but some things that we're looking at exploring, if we can feed it data sets. So for example, if we could feed it interviews from our client meetings, or if we could feed it, uh, Interviews, so like to, to produce our own content for Grow and Convert, if if we could basically record our conversations that Davish and I have when we're discussing a post, feed it into AI, along with all the blog posts that we've written before, and then have it produce something, I do think that AI would be able to produce content uh, that's better than what we see here with Chat GPT and, and uh, levels up from... The content that it's giving us right now so i do think that it will continue to get better but i think how i've seen people talk about it online in terms of fully replacing a writer or content marketer i just don't see it doing that in the near future um yeah
0: i don't know if you have differing thoughts davish no i mean i think um the other thing you could feed it that would be interesting that i've thought about like and and, and i'm glad you mentioned that because i totally forgot to is I can see a world where this actually helps us a ton. For sure. And what I would want to feed it is our own articles. So imagine on the B2B content marketing or for any of our SaaS clients, we've written 10 high buying intent, bottom of the funnel articles where we have you know, already shown the AI in those articles how we want to phrase things, what differentiators we want to talk about. And if it can really learn that, Like one thing to emphasize is if you're using our process and ranking for buying, buying keywords, bottom of the funnel articles, like accounting software, some marketing analytics tools, there's like 50 variants of marketing analytics tools of like things people would Google, right? Um, Best analytics software, blah, blah, blah. In all those variants, at some point, you're going to have to go over the key features and differentiators and best benefits of your product those don't change your product is your product and so it's not to say that you're just literally copying and pasting the same thing you you will have to contextualize them to the post you're writing but the core features of your product are what they are and you're gonna have to kind of make the same arguments over and over again that's okay and that's normal because you're just ranking for different keywords right there i can see how if you fed it 5 or 10 of these articles you've already written and like you said chat transcripts interview transcripts whatever and yep. it's really gotten good at that or maybe it already has produced some stuff you've then edited it and it's learning from your editing that oh could i could really totally normal. see a world where it could be very good you'd be like you know sell our you know acme software but for the blah 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 niche or for this keyword I could see AIs then doing SERP analysis. Okay, I'm looking at all the results. I know that Google's saying this. Well, I, I, I feel could like see how that's, that's what could do a that. lot of
1: the tools already do, like ClearScope. So, yeah. how, how do you do the on page optimization? It scans the results and it kind of feeds back what it thinks Google wants and the intent that Google wants. So, there are AI software tools that are already doing this kind of stuff. But I think just from a writing perspective and how I see people talking about it, it can reproduce bad writing or a bad process for writing yeah it it can reproduce the 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 writing where people are just kind of plagiarizing or copying others and rewriting it into their own wor- words i think that's also why it's been able to replace a lot of school writing and, and school papers. Yeah. Why? Because it's like a lot of the people that are writing on these different subjects don't have expertise on the subject. What, what are they yeah. doing? They're just going and researching a bunch of stuff that's on the web and rehashing it. And that's why yeah. it can pass for school papers. But for business writing and for blog writing, where you're trying to show your expertise, that's where I feel like it really, really falls short.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good luck to teachers. Because students are writing, you'll be like, here, write a thing on, I don't know, on on running or whatever. Like, it, you're not going to get some really advanced specific tips anyways from people. But I guess the difference is like, oh, I bet it would be, this is probably off topic, but I bet it would be good at that. I was going to say, if I was a teacher, I would always ask them to to write on their personal experience. But I bet you AI could just pretend and make stuff up there too. It would sound really good. I, th- I think it's pretty uh, good at
1: fiction writing.
0: <laughs> yeah so the so yeah good luck. good luck to teachers although counterpoint if students at least use it as a starting point and then try to inform their own i mean if they're writing crappy and ai is helping them show them what good writing is is that the worst thing in the world no but know. again i think that's the right way
1: to use this i think it's meant to improve processes so if you already have a process for something and ai can assist you through that so if it's coming up with ideas for your article, if it's helping you uh, just know what to put in certain sections of your articles, I think it's really good at that. And it can really help through some of those processes. But in terms of a full replacement, that's the issue I take.
0: Yeah. And even that, it's good at that if you're okay with what it suggests for those parts, like helping you fill in whatever, if you're okay with it being stuff that maybe a lot of other people have written or it's like in the same style the the, yeah. the copy that i'm seeing is usually pretty generic because that's literally how these things are built this is just predicting what is the most likely next character that means it's going to be like what everyone else is writing um yeah yeah i think for everyone listen who enjoyed this
1: i'd appreciate your comments so if you have differing opinions or you do have ways that you have been using it that argue against anything that we said please enter them in the comments again Our whole goal with releasing this video is to continue to learn about AI and improve and figure out different ways that we can implement it into the business. Uh, So, yeah, please do that. Thank you.